No collusion. No collusion. After spending 22 million, it's awfully tough. And the House just left and they said there's no collusion. Can you imagine this? It's all a ruse. This was an excuse for the Democrats who lost an election, who actually got their ass kicked. 306. Yes, the Montana crowd approves of the term ass-kicking. <laughs> Trump actually at one point during the Montana rally, which was his all-time best, I think. That was his wow. all-time best rally. i got to go back. Um, You know, best in terms of that sort of thing. Uh, he at one point said that, remember the remember election night, that Tuesday night, and people just cheered for, I mean, still doing that. We're still wow. doing that. Wow. And that was, it was, it was one of the great nights of my life, if I've said. Um, but it was not because you're a gigantic Trump fan nah, per just, se. Just because it's stuck it in the eye of everybody who thinks they know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, boy, I have so much I want to talk about. A week's worth of pent up thoughts. But I flip on the uh, radio this morning. I f- I'm uh, zooming into work, and I flip on the MSNBC. And I, it, it's funny. A, a week ago, I thought, "Oh God, come on, give it up." I actually busted out laughing. I turn on the Morning Joe, and Morning Joe himself is saying. You've got Papadopoulos pleading guilty. You have Michael Flynn pleading guilty. The Russia collusion is, I thought, wow, you're still hitting Papadopoulos? You don't have anything new on that? And still flogging that. Well, I have wow. to talk uh, later about Professor Dershowitz of Harvard saying, um, you can't get Trump on obstruction for firing Comey. A president can do that. You can't question his motives. It's a pretty interesting uh, legal argument he makes. We'll yeah. talk about that later. I would like to hear that, but I was just astonished that they were still flogging Papadopoulos and, and Flynn's. Oh, that's all day long, man. Pleading. Wow, that's amazing. So, a couple of things very quickly, then we need to get into the study of Trump's tweets. Uh, did you hear about Japan when they lost during the World Cup? They're ahead 2 nothing. They lost 3-2 to two to Belgium. Just like World War II. Oh, boy. They lost. Yeah, that was really totally unnecessary. Uh, but anyway, they responded by uh, showering up, then cleaning the locker room and leaving a thank you note for how well they are treated in Russia, hmm. which is uh, just, just is unbelievable. Then you have the English, the special relationship, our closest friends, the English. After they beat Sweden 2 nothing. English soccer fans went wild and invaded an Ikea. Sweden, <laughs> Ikea. <laughs> That's hilarious. And trashed the place, jumping up and oh down on God. a bed. Lots of chanting, shirtless men, and very confused employees. Wow. The, <laughs> the video has gone viral. I'm sure. Whatever that means. Uh, yeah, hilarious. I don't know what what we should do. We should go down to the Ikea and give them what for. Who's with me? And they went. Unbelievable. I got to think a lot of those fans couldn't make their way out of the store, though, because they had oh, that yeah. circle that you, yep. <laughs> you get trapped in there. Exactly. They had to sleep it off in Ikea. Uh, let's see. And finally this. Uh, Facebook thought parts of the Declaration of Independence were hate speech and blocked them. As there were a couple of organizations, including the Liberty County Vindicator uh, from Texas, that was posting the Declaration of Independence in 12 parts on its Facebook page. 
Which so, I think is great. Did an algorithm pick up phrases or words? Exactly. Is that what happened? And Jack here, this is going to be fun. And feel free to play along at home. I'm going to read you some quotes from the Declaration of Independence. And you try to pick out the one that was flagged as hate speech. Okay? He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt out our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. Well, I don't know. If you're not familiar with the uh, Declaration... It starts with some absolutely amazing and soaring rhetoric about uh, human rights and that sort of thing, and then goes into a bitch list. Everything we're mad at the king for. So, uh, so okay, that's the first one. You won't believe number seven. <laughs> uh, he is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny. Here's your third choice. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. And choice number four, he has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. Okay, so you can't say Indian savages. Ding, ding, ding. Merciless Indian savages was uh, flagged as hate speech. Well, it wasn't love speech. No, no, it was not. It was uh, fairly strong stuff. Merciless Indian savages. Mm. So, anyway, that one got a lot of headlines, but I get it. I get it. So, moving along. Science. They, meaning them, did a a big study of Trump tweets. Every single one. YouGov. How, how, do we have a number on that? It was uh, over 3,000 plus is what I saw. Yeah. That is correct. Thank you, Sean. I have that. Exactly in front. I got it all here, but yes. Well, that's that's convenient because I completely made that number up. <laughs> they were uh, so they compiled the data over three thousand tweets, and they looked at it: Republicans, Democrats, et cetera, et cetera. And they let the respondents rate each Trump tweet as great, good, okay, bad, or terrible, and then translated those ratings in an overall score that ran from minus two hundred, which would mean everybody thought it's terrible, to plus two hundred, everyone thinks it's great. Uh, moving along. Interestingly, the biggest bulge in the BOA, um, the the largest number of tweets were reviewed as, you know, kind of bad, S- significantly bad. Not terrible, but, uh, uh, you know, heavily bad. But there are a pretty good number spread along the good to very good um, uh, axis as well. But the part, uh, well, okay, if you're a fan of statistics, there were some tweets below minus 50, but not many. Um, and there were a few more than plus 50, but not a terrible number. Um, the average score was minus 9.8, so just below neutral. Uh, the median tweet gets a score of minor, minus 15. Um, so, you know, America didn't like it too much. But which Trump tweets are the most popular and the and the least popular? That was the part I really enjoyed. We Individual tweets or kinds of tweets? Individual tweets. Okay. Yeah. And we could do it now. I think it's a good tease. Or we could do it after this. Yeah, I like that. I would stay tuned. Uh, the, the, you know what? Uh, the least and the most will shock you. 
How did they choose the 3,000? Because he's got a lot more than that total, doesn't he? I think he has um, way more than that total. I wonder. The over 3,000 tweets from Feb 2017 through late July of 2018. Okay. So just post-inauguration to hmm. now. I thought he had tweeted more than that. That's a lot. 3,000 tweets is a lot. Plenty. Woo! How many tweets have we done in a year and a half? 130. I don't know. Certainly not that many. Uh, although we tweeted a lot over the weekend, you should follow us on the Twitter. We've been stuck at like 20-some thousand followers on Twitter for oh years. Oh, my God. That reminds me. I've got a social media story that you've got to hear. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Summer is The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, that labor man said, son, now can you sing a little bit more clear? Said your voice might be to country next to what they've been here. Can you sing a little more about So the Supreme Court was six Catholics and three Jews. Which is interesting in a country that's like 70% Protestant. But, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we lost, uh, lost a Catholic in uh, Kennedy. And for some reason, the idea of nominating a different Catholic is just completely out of bounds because a Catholic, but we've got, we've had lots of Catholics on the Supreme Court. Well, and the idea of nominating anybody from, say, Iowa State or Michigan or, or Oregon or something in terms of college, law school is just insane. How, why would you do that? Got to be Harvard or Yale or you're an idiot. Yeah. Anywho, we'll talk more about that later and Trump will make his choice tonight, so... Uh, at 6 o'clock West Coast time, we'll talk a lot about whoever he chooses. Will it be, uh, what's her name? Be the hottest Supreme Court justice we've ever had. <laughs> Would you stop it with that? Well, it's true. Tell me I'm wrong. I refuse to, ju- to, to, to dignify your misogyny. There have been six foreign-born justices in the court's history. Do you know that? Huh? Well, that has to go way back to the beginning, right? Yeah. The most recent one was uh, Felix uh, served me with mustard frankfurter who was born in 1939 in Vienna, Austria. That's as recently as it's happened. I read a hell of a lot about the Supreme Court, to the extent that I read it all over the they last They wear robes, days. you know. And that's what I determined. <laughs> um, but uh, why Tim the Lawyer said... Um, he talked about who his least favorite Supreme Court justice was and why and that sort of stuff. And I got into reading on that. I'll have to talk about that more later, because it is interesting. And Roberts falls into that camp, so and so did Bork. So sometimes it's conservatives. Mm. Um, more on that later. So uh, I kept you waiting all this time. Let's go ahead and pay it off. Which Trump's tweets, which of Trump's tweets, rated the highest, were most popular, and which ones were least popular? Uh, they polled uh, lots and lots of people at YouGov. The lowest, I'm just going to quote because I think this is really well written. The lowest rated tweet in the data set was weirdly... This one. This was the single least popular Trump, Trump tweet since he got inaugurated. I know Mark Cuban well. He backed me big time, but I wasn't interested in taking all of his calls. He's not smart enough to run for president. Nobody liked that one. It had lots of negatives, and nobody liked it. That reminds me the other night in Montana. One of the me- He said so many entertaining things. 
But he was talking about uh, who is the lady who, uh, who who wants everybody to shout at people at restaurants. Oh, Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters, yeah. low IQ. I'm thinking she's about a 60. Anybody else? She's about a 60. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Queen Maxine, been in office for decades, and her, her, her district is just falling apart. Anyway, the second lowest rated tweet was this one. I heard poorly rated at Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ crazy Mika along with Psycho Joe came, et cetera, to Miralago is followed up in a subsequent tweet. It's the second lowest rated one. These also made the bottom 50. With Jamel Hill at the mic, it's no wonder ESPN ratings have tanked. In fact, tanked so badly, it's the talk of the industry. And finally, this one. Well, James I don't even Comey. know what that's about. Uh, James Comey better hope there are no tapes of our conversation before he starts leaking to the press. Um, a good share of Trump's least popular tweets are where he personally attacks someone mm. and, and specifically where he punches down. Well, you're always punching down when you're president, right? Yeah, I guess so. The 50 lowest score tweets included insults directed at Oprah, Chelsea Clinton, Bob Corker, Jamel Hill of ESPN, Michael Wolf, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and some media outlets. That doesn't mean Trump's insults are categorically unpopular. Um, but they are frequently the least popular. Here is the here are some of the most popular tweets. Today, as we remember Pearl Harbor, it was an incredible honor to be joined with surviving veterans of the attack. They are all heroes. They are living witnesses to American history, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. All American hearts are filled with gratitude to their service and their sacrifice. And this one was among the most popular. Visit floridadisaster.org info to find shelters, road closures, and evacuation routes. Helpful Twitter list. It's hurricane survival. And right. no matter the mission, the brave men and women of our U.S. Coast Guard proudly answer the call to serve 24-7, 365. Thank you and happy birthday to the Coast Guard. All right. Innocuous is what people like. Well, or traditionally presidential. But if you were president and you only tweeted those, nobody would even know the president had a Twitter account. Correct. Witness Barack Obama. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interestingly, and, and this, this is the sort of thing we need to keep in mind to, 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 to bring us together. The demonizing with the people we disagree with, this automatic visceral dislike of people on the other side of the aisle, it's stupid and it's unproductive and it's un-American. If a tweet got a high Republican rating, it also got a high Democrat rating. Now, it was lower than the Republican rating, but, you know, if you picture, all right, I got my right hand about six inches higher than my left hand. And if it went down, it went down on both sides. It went up, it went up on both sides. People on both sides of the aisle reacted the same way. If Democrats hated a Trump tweet, Republicans tended to be lukewarm about it. If Republicans loved a tweet, Democrats might feel middling about it instead of strongly negative. And it tracked with incredible uh, synchronicity. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. That's uh, some work by David Byler at uh, the Weekly Standard. Trump's going to nominate Judge Judy, says this texter, and fool everyone. Yeah. That was the joke during the campaign, right? <laughs> That's Joe laughing at the joke. Funny, funny joke. <laughs> so uh, a lot of texts about me backing off the high dive mocking me oh my um that's not helpful 
Yeah. Why don't you try to help and not hurt on social media? Well, uh, oh. when I tweeted about it, it was a combination of people. It's like uh, my tweet about not eating the rancid meat. Mm. Um, Coward. Exactly. <laughs> about half the people were like, you just cook it through and salt it. It's fine. Grow oh. up. And about half were, why did you even try throw it away? I ate meat on the expiration day, or I cooked it up, and then I tasted it, and it tasted rancid. So people were actually advocating eating rancid meat. Cook you it through. just cook it longer. And the same way with the high dive. About half the people are saying, good job of you know uh, paying attention to your instincts. Right. Maybe you've reached the point where that's not a good idea. It's Putting your children versus, in front of your pride. Right. You know, were you up there in a dress? Those sorts of comments. Oh, boy. Again. Yeah. Insinuating were you wearing that, a one-piece or two-piece, Tinkerbell? <laughs> insinuating that women don't go off the high dive, which I was obviously stupid. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about, I mean, because it, everybody who's ever been on a high dive recognizes that it looks so much higher when you're up there. The 10-meter platform that they do in the Olympics, which is 33 feet. Yes. Most people would wet their pants and or cry Terrifying. if they ever even stood on the edge of that let alone jump in. And 99% of people could not jump oh, in. Oh, and I'm going to flip around and twist and stuff oh, and try to hit that. them, please. Hit the water at 50 miles per hour or whatever it is? No. No way I would do that. No. Not no. even when I was younger. No. You had a gun to me? I'd say, shoot me. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to fall into the pool bleeding, but at least I'll be unconscious. Uh, so, listen, I've got a quick note for you, and this says something about society, and I want I want to make this clear. I am not here to impugn anyone in this story, and I would appreciate if nobody else did, because all humor has a victim, right? But you got to be careful. Don't, don't make people a victim who don't deserve to be, so I'm going to make this very diplomatic. I've recently become acquainted with a, a very attractive young woman, um, and she's not like... Girl next door, naturally beautiful. She works at it. If you know what I mean? Maybe had a little work. I don't know. Who am I to judge? I've had calf implants. Um, a pretty girl. And a guy mentioned to me, yeah, she's got a, an Instagram account. She's kind of a, an Instagram uh, model. And I thought, oh, that's that's nice. That's nice for her. She's a pretty girl. Very very pleasant, too. Um. 970,000 followers. Holy crap! God dang it. Probably be a million soon. What is it, you people, that will... You have this endless need to look at pretty girls on... on, They're they're available everywhere. Bikinis. They're available everywhere. And they're almost exactly the same. Ooh, look, her thumbs are in her bikini. I think she's going to pull it down so that we can have coitus. Anyway, here's my point. As you look at humanity... We'd all like to think our little corner of humanity kind of represents what people are. And, and, you know, around here, maybe we think that it's mostly about, you know, uh, humorous yet uh, engaging discussion of the issues of the day. No, most of the world is mouth breathers looking at pictures of girls with big boobs. God, if I'm ever... If you want to sell something, that's how to do it. If I'm ever thumbing through Instagram pictures of girls in bikinis, please take away my homo sapien rights to think. If you want to know what's popular, that is. Wow. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Backdoors and secret tunnels being used to keep Supreme Court nominees secret until tonight's big okay. reveal. So it's I not going to leak. I thought they were smuggling the little tie boys out of oh, those uh, backdoors no, no. and tunnels. You're no? listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
looking forward to talking about the Supreme Court justice that Trump picks. I'm not that interested in discussing the four possibilities before we get there. I just, I don't quite understand that. No, really the only wacky thing Trump could do would go off the list, would be to go off the list, because the list was provided to him as good, solid, conservative justice. Easily confirmable. Right. Not, Not out there jam them through because we have a majority, but mm-hmm. easily confirmable. Oh, right, yeah, uh, until the current day. I mentioned earlier that, and I have a fascinating Supreme Court note for you after this, but back in the Brown versus Board of Education days, which was 52, is that what you said? I think 54. Something like that. Um, Only one of the justices had been a judge before because at that time you could nominate somebody who had an established public record. You knew them. You knew what they were about. They'd made many speeches. They'd passed legislation. Um, they've been a governor, what have you. Right. And now you've got to have kind of a low-profile, squeaky clean, uh, little track record. It's like, you know, Congress people who never want to vote on anything so they don't have a record to run on. Because it's all about character assassination now. So you don't want to give your opponents anything. The guy ever did or gal did anything in their lives. That's a, that's a detriment. So it's, it's the weird times we're living in. Stephanopoulos said yesterday, and he knows something about Democratic politics... Um, he said if one Democrat caves, one of these Democrats that's in a Trump-friendly state caves, he right. said you could see a whole bunch of them cave fast. Um, it could go from one to eight all of a mm. sudden. Interesting. Yeah. He would know. So real quickly, here are the law schools that the nine current justices, including uh, Kennedy, graduated from. Harvard, Harvard, Yale, Columbia, Harvard, Yale, Yale, Harvard, Harvard. There's no way you can make the argument that that's good. Six Catholics, three Jews, not a single Protestant. And it's all, just weird. And all but one, one went to Harvard or Yale. Right. I mean, there's just no way you can make an argument that that's a good thing for, uh, uh, you know, and I, I'm someone who argues against the importance of diversity a lot. Right. But that's the two law schools. Well, and the notorious RBG went to Cornell and Columbia, so... I right, mean, please. Northeast elite. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, we are counting down to the big reveal. President Trump set to reveal his nominee for the Supreme Court at 6 p.m. West Coast time. When did these people, where did these people go to college? I haven't looked at that. Where did uh, uh, Barrett, the woman, go to college? Somebody uh, looked that up. Uh, DeVry Institute, I believe. <laughs> I'll have to check that. Trump U. Trump <laughs> University. Right. Yes, that's what he's got to do. He's got to nominate somebody who graduated Trump University Law School. That's right. <laughs> See, it's not a phony school. Uh, we got Supreme Court justices. <laughs> right. The Hilarious. White, the White House ramping up the tension and going to great lengths to keep people guessing and the identity of the nominee concealed until See, the last possible moment. This is this is the having a president that was a reality show star because keeping a keeping it a secret is not really that important to the whole thing. In fact, it's not important at all. He's the showman. He's a showman. Yep. The Associated Press is reporting, in the past, backdoors and a secret tunnel help Supreme Court nominees remain secret until announced. They expect these to be brought into use again today. Well, you'd think the three that aren't going to get it, say at about a quarter to six, would realize they're not the one if they haven't been called or they're not in Washington, yeah, D.C. Boy, what with heavy traffic and everything, honey, I hope the president calls soon. <laughs> And constantly picking up the phone, checking for a dial yeah, tone. Yeah. And it still works. Is anybody on dial-up? The phone lines are clear, right? All right. 
And we got a number of pundits pointing out that one judge and one judge only on Trump's short list of Supreme Court nominees has the support of Trump's sister. Judge Mary Ann Trump Berry recommends Thomas Hardiman, who serves on the third U.S. Circuit of Court of Appeals, with her. Mm. She recommended him to her brother, the president. Now, Hardiman is viewed as a conservative, but he's not ruled in any abortion cases. And he is one of the two names that have been mentioned over and over again. It's being in the final, you know, the final two. By the press, which may not have any idea what they're talking about. Right. Jack, Amy Comey, Coney Barrett graduated magna cum laude from Rhodes College, and then she graduated summa cum laude from the Notre Dame Law School. There you go. Notre Dame. Middle of the country. She probably poops in public. <laughs> She's probably a cannibal. She's probably in favor of child sacrifice. Notre Dame. Do they even have books there? It's not Harvard or Yale. So Mitch McConnell got a hold of Trump and said, look, you can pick these other people and we can get them through easy. You pick her and, you know, there's going to be some dust up and it'll be a little harder. Trump loves fights. He might pick her just because he wants the fight. I tell you what, I could so easily picture Donald Trump delighting in putting the Democrats in a position of attacking a woman at this point. And attacking a Catholic when that's the predominant uh, number of Hispanic folks are Catholic. I mean, what a conundrum to stick Nancy and Chuck with. If you're not into it, the idea is that she's so hardcore Catholic, Mm -hmm. she's clearly against Roe versus Wade. And the Democrats will fight on that, even though we've had six Catholics on the court for for a while now. Um, That would be known as a a religious test, which we're not supposed to have. Uh, Some people... Uh, are making a big deal out of Trump campaigned on the idea of I will appoint justices that are right. a, that want right. to overturn Roe versus Wade. But right. as has been pointed out by others, do you think there was a chance that Barack Obama would have appointed someone that he thought was in favor of overturning Roe versus Wade? No. So he had a litmus test also. Sure. Uh, she and her husband, who is also an attorney, have seven children. Five biological, two children adopted from Haiti. Her youngest biological child has special needs. So, listen, in the She's brutal... a better person than me. So many people are better people than me. Mm. Uh, in, the, <laughs> in the brutal, brutal politics of our time, here is a, a brilliant, accomplished mom who's adopted two children from Haiti, and she has a, a child with special needs. You're going to portray her as some sort of monster. Really, Chuck? Really, Nancy? I'm telling you. Trump would delight in enforcing them to. It's no picnic for the uh, the nominee. No, I must like the fights because I'm hoping he chooses her just because I want the the battle. Final note: disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein is out on bail after pleading not guilty to new sex crime charges. He entered that plea during an arraignment this morning in a New York courtroom. He's now been charged with enough stuff that he could easily yes. spend the rest of his life in jail if found yes. guilty. The rest of his life. So right. he's a, he's in a battle for do I die in prison or not. Right. Which he's a scumbag rapist, so he's a serial rapist. He should go to prison for the rest of his life. He has to have at least one of his people figuring out who doesn't have an extradition treaty and how much cash he can quietly right. get out of the banks while he's watched by the or, authorities. Or he kills himself. <clears throat> it's hard to imagine a guy like him dying in prison. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
Oh, Squawky. You've been missed at this critical time for our country. So a young guy sucker punches an old man, puts the old man in the hospital. It's the old man's luckiest day of his life. A twist! A twist? A twist! Among other things we've got to talk about coming up. Six o'clock, huh? Is Trump going to have a blanket over their head? <laughs> He'll be standing there next to him, and then he pulls the blanket off. It'll be a silhouette behind a shade. There they are. Who do you think it is? <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, we've got one of our special guests, guy from the Hoover Institute, uh, that we love talking about the law with tomorrow, whoever the choice is. I'm thinking if Trump doesn't put a blanket over the head of whoever he's got out there tonight mm-hmm. and then pull it off, why not get all four of them there sitting in chairs? That seems like a good idea. You know what? Oh, man. And then go behind him, duck, 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 g- duck. Duck, then just keep a goose, and then he picks one. Yeah, something like that. Or I like the idea of a silhouette behind the screen, and it's clearly a woman's body. And then they pull back the screen, and it's one of the dudes in drag. Now, that would be showbiz, man. I like the four chairs on stage. There are four levers in front of Trump. He pulls a lever. One of the chairs drops down. Right? Now there are three. We'll be right back. That's so exciting. We'll be right back. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then he'd come back and interview him a little bit, the yeah. three of oh, them. Yeah. Wow, well, we've gotten to know him a little, but it's time for another lever. Yeah! Everybody yell. <laughs> Two attempts at humor. Um, you remember Sasha, Barra, and Cohen? Sure, remember that guy? of course, yeah. Somehow he got Dick Cheney to sign a waterboard kit over the weekend. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny, I guess. So, yeah, that's I guess nice. he apparently has a Showtime show deal, something like mm, that. Okay. So he's going around in various characters, kind of <laughs> pranking people again. Got doing you. his thing. And we got this text. I heard that Trump criticized the boys from the Thai soccer team. He said he only likes 12-year-olds that don't get stranded in games. <laughs> I don't think that happened. That's fair criticism. So you got this old guy. He uh, runs a convenience store, right? Young guy comes in, wants to buy beer. It's after 3 a.m. They stop beer sales at 3 a.m. The uh, young guy gets mad at the old guy, which makes you an a-hole. Um, yeah, so no the kidding. 25-year-old punches the 63-year-old clerk in the head dropping the 63-year-old to his knees and runs out the door. Um, the young guy, which is, uh, you know, put him in jail forever. I don't like Horrific. that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Guy has to go to the hospital and get a scan on his head because they think he might have something really bad. They find out he's got a small tumor oh, boy. that they then remove. It was the luckiest day of his life. A twist. A twist. So think about that. Next time something bad happens to you, could be something good. So, I think they ought to find that young man and shake his hand and say, you're going to prison for 30 years, yeah, a-hole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A-hole. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah. So, that's the twist. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. How much time left, Michael? So, uh, listen. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I kid. Um, I found this really interesting. A, a recent poll at journalism.org. Mm-hmm. who, well, uh, you know, the name says it all. They are uh, 
the Pew Research Center did this for them and with them. Uh, they want to know the state of journalism. Um, and, and I knew this was not good, but I didn't realize it was so bad. Your trust in the news media, percentage of U.S. adults who trust the information they get from the following a lot. National news organizations, among Republicans, it's 11%. And it's gone down from 15% a couple of years ago. Democrats. Did you say the full question that they ask? The percentage of U.S. adults who trust the information they get from the national news organizations a lot. Okay, do you trust the information you get from the national news organizations? Right. A lot. No, absolutely not. If you do, you're crazy. Well, 27% of Democrats said yes in 2016. In 2017, it was 34%. Do the national news is that just the network stuff, or does it include the cable news? That'd be whatever you want to call it, but well, yeah, you know, of when course, cable. Yeah, they're national, okay. and your your super giant newspapers too. I, I think it is There's, notable if you're a student of humanity that more than triple the number of Democrats trust what they hear in the national news organization. I'm guessing it flips when there's a different president. Um, no, I doubt it. You don't think the so? Media stays liberal. The media was worshipful of Barack Obama. Oh, no doubt. Uh, there's not a news organization that I hear a story that surprises me at all that I don't like double check with other news organizations to see mm-hmm. if it's true. Not yeah. there's not a single one. Or see how it's shaded. Yeah, yeah. Because I think okay, there's got to be something missing here or whatever. So no, there's nobody that I trust all to right. give me the whole story. How about local news organizations? What percentage of U.S. adults trust the information they get from local stations? A lot. Republicans twenty four percent. Democrats thirty six percent. Oh, I forgot to tell you, independents, uh, national news organiza- organizations, just 15% trust them a lot. Local, it's uh, 24% Republicans, 36% Democrats, and 20% independents. How about this one? Friends, family, and acquaintances. Do you trust them a lot? Only 18% of Republicans trust friends, family, and acquaintances. But it's only 13% of Democrats. You need better friends. What's the matter with you? Apparently, one out of ten trusts their friend and friends and family. My my friends are great people, but they're idiots. I'm not (laughs) trusting anything they tell me. There you go. Independence is only fourteen percent. Wow! So twice as many. I'm sorry, almost three times as many Democrats trust national news organizations than their friends and family. That's weird. Mm, Boy, the more I think about it. My number's going down. Yeah, maybe I need to pause for a second. Which friends? Oh, him? Which family? Oh, right. Oh, that's a good point there. Yeah. Mm. How about social networking sites like Facebook and Twitter? The percentage of Republicans that trust Twitter and Facebook a lot is 3%. It's only 6% for Democrats and 5% for independents. Well, yeah, that's that's almost a false question and just... Does it, nobody's going to that expecting the truth, are and, they? And yet, your obnoxious friends and family are constantly posting that stuff. Yeah, Twitter and Facebook are kind of like the newsstand in this equation. I don't know if you need to necessarily trust the newsstand. It's what you're getting from the newsstand that should be scrutinized. Um, Does that make sense? I, well, I, just, I don't know. There's a hell of a lot of original content on Facebook and Twitter. It's not all links to other things, if you know what I mean. I probably ought to use Facebook so I have any idea what I'm talking about ever when I'm because I I've never spent time on Facebook, which is the most popular thing in the world, 
and I can't speak to it because I've never been on it. Yeah, Judy's on it, so I get to look at it. Yeah, my wife's on it, too. And I see, I absolutely see the appeal. I also see the addictive quality of it, and it, it, it reminds me of, like, I don't know, what's a good example? Doing shots of tequila. It's kind of nice to do it once in a while, but I wouldn't want to make it a habit. I'm not sure it's ever a good idea. Uh, <laughs> two shots of tequila. That's um, sometimes a good idea. Um, yeah, there's a book out. We probably ought to get the author on because it's, it's getting a fair amount of attention. See if I can come across it. The name of the guy. But it's uh, the book is 10 Reasons You Should Delete Your Social Media Accounts Now. Oh, yeah. And it's a guy that was involved in creating one of the big social media accounts. Yeah, I heard, heard about anyway, this. It's getting a lot of attention. And, yeah, we ought to look into that because... There's a lot of people feeling that way. We got if you got almost no belief that the news is real coming out of it. There's an, another strike against it. Well, right, yeah. I was trying to put my phone down a lot on vacation, and the longer I did it, the happier I was. And at, at zero times did I pick it up and regret having not had it in my hand. You know what? I finally did grab it. You know, if I didn't, it's pretty hard to live without a smartphone and work in most industries. I think. But if I didn't have that, I think I just I wouldn't have a data plan account. I just wouldn't have that. If you worked for Dunder Mifflin and you're just selling paper, do you think you'd need it? I don't know. Much. I bet you still got a boss that texts you and emails you. And you could have a flip phone for that, couldn't you? Or checking your email? Oh, email? Not so much. I bet you still got to deal with all that. Ugh. Um, Do you get the last hour? I hope so. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Positive Sean here.